0: Today's gospel is the conclusion of the missionary discourse. Matthew's gospel, if you remember, is structured around five main teaching units or discourses, and this is the second of those discourses. We've been working our way through this discourse these past few Sundays, and in it, Jesus tells his disciples to go and preach in word and deed that the kingdom of God is at hand, and he warns them of persecutions and divisions, even among one's closest relations. We too are called to carry out this mission in our own context, and we face many of the same challenges. But in this short concluding section, Jesus invites us to place our ultimate trust, not in the reception we receive from the world, but in the extravagant hospitality of God. He begins by saying, Whoever welcomes you, welcomes me. The idea here is that of appointed messengers in the ancient world. They acted with the full authority of their sender and were welcomed as if they were the senders themselves. Jesus' followers go out into the world as his representatives or ambassadors. The amazing thing is God radically identifies with us through Jesus. He says, whoever welcomes you, welcomes me. Toward the end of the gospel in Matthew 25, he says, inasmuch as you have cared for one of the least of these my brothers, you have done it to me. This radical identification means that we are part of God's family. When we are hurt, it pains our Heavenly Father. When we are shown a kindness, it brings joy to our Heavenly Father. There's a wonderful example of this in the, uh, this principle in action in Paul's letter to Philemon. Paul is writing to Philemon about his runaway slave, Onesimus, urging him to receive him back no longer as a slave, but much more as a brother in Christ. In the midst of his appeal, he writes, if he owes you anything, charge that to my account. His debt is now our debt and our liberty is now his liberty. This radical identification is a way of showing hospitality through family kinship. Wherever we go, whatever happens to us, we are members of God's household. God welcomes us by identifying with us. Well, Jesus goes on to say, whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. and. This makes Jesus the linchpin, the key link in the chain, the one mediator between God and man. The church has historically made this confession because the message we are called to proclaim is the good news that in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. In other words, there is a real separation between God and humanity, and God so loved the world, that he made a way to heal that separation. And since Jesus is that way, he is the unique mediator between God and man. This too is a means of showing hospitality. God welcomes us by making a way home for us. Lastly, God invites us to place our trust in him as the ultimate host by the shocking prodigality of his grace. The rhythmic parallels of the middle section make it easy to miss the main point. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. It's helpful to know that the phrase in the name of a is an idiom that means because he is a, uh, whoever welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet, or whoever welcomes one of the least of these little ones who, because he is a disciple. Um, What's easy to miss is the shocking, incongruous claim that he's making here. If someone shows hospitality to a prophet, Jesus promises to repay that kindness with the reward that a prophet will earn by fulfilling his calling. How we respond to that will probably depend on whether we are the one receiving the small kindness, that earthly hospitality, or the one receiving the divine reward, that heavenly hospitality. And I think, this, in this passage, we're intended to put ourselves in both of those positions. Think for a minute from the perspective of the disciple being received by others. Here's how one commentator expresses the shock. We are far stingier than Jesus. We want to see someone become a prophet before he can receive a prophet's reward. Jesus's generosity, however, is so free and overabundant that we find it offensive. How dare Jesus give a righteous man's reward to the guy who did nothing but receive me when I've put in a lot of time and effort to becoming a righteous man. We are like Jonah, offended at the freedom, the prodigality, the waste of God's mercy. And remember, the act of kindness does not have to be heroic. Just a cup of water... A cup of cold water was considered basic hospitality. It expected no reward in return. But God's grace is reckless. It is given well beyond our deserving. So we are the disciples receiving earthly hospitality, but we are also called to show hospitality to others and receive far more than we could imagine in return. I love good children's literature. It tends to be more sensible than much that is written for adults. I'm reminded of the wonderful children's story, The Selfish Giant by Oscar Wilde. I'm afraid I have to spoil the ending to make my point, but the real impact is in the way the story is told, so it's still worth a read or a reread if it's been a while. It describes a solitary, grumpy old giant who gradually has a change of heart and invites the local children into his garden to play. What he discovers at the point of his death is that one of the boys he welcomed and has grown to love was Jesus himself, now there to welcome the giant into his own garden of paradise. The letter to the Hebrews says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. But this is even stronger than that. When we show hospitality to one of the least of these Christ's brothers, we know that we are showing hospitality to Jesus himself. What he asks of us is a cup of cold water for his brothers and sisters, the least act of hospitality. What he promises is nothing short of himself, the greatest of all acts of hospitality. If you want a great poetic expression of the shocking incongruity of God's grace, especially in terms of God's gracious hospitality, read George Herbert's stunning poem, Love, Three. God welcomes us by identifying with us, by making a way home for us, and by showing us undeserved hospitality. As with every motive in the Christian life, we respond to God's prior act of grace. We welcome others because he first welcomed us. By our little acts of hospitality, in other words, we are fulfilling a debt of gratitude. And though we may not be missionaries to the ends of the earth, we are called to be missionaries in our homes, schools, and workplaces, bringing the message of the gospel in word and deed wherever we go. Though we will not always receive welcome from the world, we have already received a promise